What is going on, everyone? Script writer Steve right here. How's your weekend going? Well, this is Barbecue to Movies. I tell you what, I ate some of the worst barbecue I ever had in my life this weekend. Today is February 22nd, 2021. We're going to talk about my bad barbecue I just had. And then we're going to get into this Gina Carano crap. By the way, Gina Carano is awesome. So when I say crap, I mean all the crap that's happening to her because she stands for what's right in this country. All right, guys, let's get into this bad barbecue. All right. Okay, I'm turning this music down right now. So how's everyone going? What is cooking, everyone? Yeah, so this week, Saturday, um, this week, Sunday, I think, um, I went to a, I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to just put this bad barbecue restaurant on blast right now and just ruin their business. Uh, but I had, I think, I swear, the worst barbecue I ever had in my life. Uh, if I were to give it a grade between A through F, they would probably get an F minus. Um, their food, their poop pork, I had, a, I had, a, um, I had a, what did they call it? A sampler plate. And there were two types of pulled pork on there. Um, I didn't know what type it was, you know, one or the other, but one was salty and one was extremely salty. Let's just say that. And they were shredded like in, into mush. I mean, it would just completely overcook. Um, their, their barbecue chicken, oh boy, it, it was burnt, dry, and there was no flavor whatsoever. And their ribs, and I think it was, uh, I think it was a, a, a baby back rib. I had one, not a slab, I think one spare rib or one baby back rib. I think it was a, a large end of the baby back rib, but I just had one, one on the sampler plate. And uh, so again, you had two small pinches of poop pork, um, a, a slice of a, I think, I think it was a chicken breast and a wing of a very small chicken. Uh, no drumstick or anything. And then on top of that, you had just uh, one rib and uh, some really bad chili on top of there uh, with some barbecue sauce on the side. That one had a as a very spicy coffee version and one was just a regular barbecue sauce. Everything was bad. Horrible. Horrible. And um, how we came to this place was that my father gave me a call and he said, "Hey, you know, Steve, Steve, why don't you uh, why don't we check out this new barbecue place that, that that's in Hawaii? And and it's not really new, but it's new to us. And uh, we went there to Wahiwa, and um, and the the article, I guess the owner bragged about, um, I guess uh, creating his own style of barbecue or his own, I guess his own smokers." And, and again, a lot of, a lot of professional barbecuers, they do make their own smokers, like Aaron Franklin makes his own, uh, because they're not very hard to make. I mean, if, if you know how to weld and you have the right material, you can pretty much get away with it. Uh, most of the, most of the professional, um, uh, smokers out there, uh, I guess for, for, uh, I guess for restaurants, they are custom made and they are, they do consist of, of propane tanks. They're just old propane tanks that they've been, uh, retrofitted to, to actually, um, smoke meat inside of there, which is great. And, and I've seen some of them where their, the smokers, their smokers are actually built into the building, which is really, really cool. Uh, but this one, this one was weird because the owner claimed to create a new type of technology where he said it was, um, I believe he said it was, he was half smoking it and then half barbecuing it. And <laughs> to my knowledge, barbecuing and smoking is pretty much close to the same thing. 
Um, it, I mean, it's really, it's really close to the same thing. Whenever, whenever anyone says they're going to barbecue, and this is what I've learned being, I guess, in the barbecue community. Uh, whenever says, whenever someone says they're going to barbecue, um, it basically means you're going to cook with a, an offset smoker or an offset cooker where the heat is not directly underneath the grill. Right now, if you're if you say you're going to grill something, then the heat is directly under the grill, right? So if we're going to do a, if, if we're going to barbecue, we're not going to be cooking with direct heat. Uh, that's what it means. So to say you're going to cook, you're creating a barbecue slash smoker. Well, that's kind of a it, it's it's kind of like a, a contradiction almost or, almost or almost like an oxymoron, right? Because again, again, barbecue you basically smoke in it, right? So. So uh, I, I was kind of thinking, this kind of doesn't make any sense, but I'll keep an open mind. I don't want to prejudge something or have a prejudice before I go into there. And, the, and then when, it, when we w- walked into there, we, we actually walked past their smokers or their barbecuers. And there are these cylinder metal, I, I guess these, these, these metal cylinders, maybe they're like, maybe they look like an octagon, a big octagon. And I think they were about three feet high, black. And uh, they were... It was like a trash can lid. It was, it was all made in metal, but there was like a, a lid on top on, on top of there. And it was almost shut tight, like really, really tight. So there was no airflow. And uh, there was dirty smoke coming out of there. Now, anyone who knows about barbecuing, and if you don't know right now, dirty smoke is whenever there's color in the smoke, uh, really billowing white smoke. And that's really not ever good. Whenever you have billowing white smoke coming out of your, your chimney or coming out of your barbecue... Uh, that means your your fire is dying, and it's not a really good thing because that dirty smoke it doesn't taste very good, especially if you leave it, I guess, in there for like hours and hours and hours. Even fifteen minutes is way too much of that. Um, anything is way too much of that. I mean, there are, there's always a time to do dirty smoking, but uh, I would, I'm not sure what that time is. And when I first started barbecuing, I used to think. You know, having billowing white smoke was what you wanted because I used I used wood chips. I put them in water, and then I put the I put the, the the wet wood chips on top of coals, and that's what you had. You had this billowing white smoke. And later on, I figured out why. You know, I I couldn't figure out why was my barbecue tasting like gas, and and then I found out well that's the reason why is because we have dirty smoke. So again. Uh, there was nothing but dirty smoke coming out of here. So again, I, I still kept my mind open. I said, I, I don't want to prejudge this. So I go in there to this place. We order, you know, two sampler plates. I'm there with my mom and my father and, and myself. I'm the, I'm the only child, by the way. And so we're all eating there. And my my mom and my father, they're really big barbecue fans too. Um, in fact, my mom, she's a kind of a co-pit master. So when I need some help to, to actually uh, run the pit, uh, she'll actually uh, run the pit for me while I take a nap because you know cooking barbecue is like an all day thing, <laughs> and then my, my dad is just a taste tester, of course. But but uh, yeah, so they all we all tasted it, and my mom said this is just horrible. This is just really bad. Now again, my my parents and I we've toured Tennessee, we, we've they've toured Alabama, uh, Mem- you know again Memphis, all around Memphis, and uh, over in Texas, Arkansas, we've ate barbecue can even Kansas City we've ate barbecue all over the place well I, I didn't go to Kansas City myself but my parents did um, but uh, you know when we go to a place we want to eat barbecue and uh, to be honest uh, we're not really impressed with a lot of barbecue we really like some barbecue in Texas the only one we liked in Texas was actually Aaron Franklin's who 
he he really knows what he's doing. But Memphis surprisingly wasn't that great. Uh, and then and then uh, Arkansas was okay. Kansas City they said it was okay. You know, but um, you know nothing like what we can make. Uh, we we actually do a really good job at barbecuing. Of course, you can't taste it, but I'll just let you know. We're, we're pretty darn good. We're, we're actually pretty darn good. And I, and I can't wait to open up my business. But anyway, getting back into this. Um, so, so we, we finally get the, the pool pork. We, we get the sampler plate. And again, the, the pool pork, it was, it was shredded to a point where it's mush. And here's a tip, people. When you're making your pool pork, um, try not to pull it. You really don't want to, what I mean, what I mean oh, I'm sorry, wrong word. Try not to shred it. Don't take two forks and just shred the hell out of it where it becomes angel hairs, like, like angel hair spaghetti or even, or even finer like that. You don't want to do that, especially if, if you overcook the meat, which you should when you're pulling pork, you should actually cook it to maybe about until it's really, really tender. But you don't want to, you actually want to pull it apart with your hands more so than use using those claws or those bear claws. Um, those are just people who are just very, very lazy at doing things. But the correct way to pull pork is to actually, actually literally take it and pull it with your hands so you have some nice, you know, thick strings of meat, kind of like string cheese, like really nice thick string cheese and all there. And then you have something to chew on. And, and the meat is still, you know, very, very tender, but you have a, a nice chew to it, you know, and then you can see when you shred it, when you have, when you pull it apart, you can see the nice smoke rings, you can see the different gradients of, of red, and you can actually see the bark on there, because sometimes you have a bark on there, and, um, and then, and then, you know, that, that's really it, because making pulled pork is very, very easy, um, uh, but you can mess it up, you can really mess it up, and, and here's the thing, so I taste this pulled pork, and my first bite, I'm saying, ooh, this tastes pretty interesting. There's, um, there's a lot of spices in there, a lot of different different um, spices, uh, or some aromas, but they're all different, I guess, levels of salty. And then the salt started building up in my mouth. So by the third bite, my mouth was just so, like, just filled with salt. I was like, oh, my God, I need to dip this into barbecue sauce, right? And again, you know, you can eat your, your poo pork with barbecue sauce. I tend to want to taste like how well they smoked it i didn't taste any smoke flavor whatsoever in here it was just salt salt and more salt and then the other portion there's two versions of pulled pork the other um pulled pork which was just like a little little tweezer almost like like a little tweezer serving right (laughs) not a big serving it was really brown looking really brown like like soiled brown and and it was just plopped onto my plate it wasn't very hot and this one was really, really, really salty. I mean, it was, it was like dipping my tongue into a, into a bath of salt. It was, <laughs> it was bad. And my mom told me, she took one bite out of, out of my, off my father's plate and she said, Ooh, that is salty. That is really, really, really bad. And, um, and then, and then, my, but my father though, he ended up finishing both of his. I, I couldn't finish up the other one. Um, but that one also had an interesting flavor to it. I think they're trying to, I think there was garlic soap, maybe a little, you know, cayenne inside of there. I could taste a little onion, but no smoke again. Absolutely no smoke. And again, it was cooked, it was shredded too much. It was cooked way, 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 way overcooked. And when I say way, way overcooked, I mean, I'm thinking like, I think it was maybe cooked at 230 inside there, uh, 230 degrees. Um, you're only supposed to cook it to maybe 203. 
I cook my pulled pork to maybe 205, 210 uh, just to get a, a nice pull on it. But I, I'm still gauging it, I guess gauging the tenderness as I make my way to 203. Um, but uh, yeah, and again, it was shredded with forks, which is not good. Now, in Hawaii, we do have a version of pulled pork called Kalua pig. And uh, this is when we put an entire pig uh, underneath, uh, under the ground and cook it in what they call an emu. That, an emu literally means an underground oven and we cook it under there. Now, there's no smoke flavor or anything. It, it just, it just is, is a way to uh, cook underground and it just kind of steams it underground. And when you bring it out of the ground, it's very tender. Uh, it's probably cooked past 203, maybe 210 and you shred this entire pig and then you add um, a mixture of oil, um, salt, Hawaiian salt and then liquid smoke and that's how uh, the locals give liquid smoke, I mean, smoke flavor to their Kahlua pig. Um, it's not very good. So because if you have a really good, uh, to me, for, for me, uh, I like to make Kahlua pig with my offset and put real smoke into there so you don't have to add any liquid smoke. And uh, I serve my pool pork as Kahlua pig. And <laughs> a lot of times with Kahlua pig and people eat it with poi and they, and they say, wow, this is really good Kahlua pig when it's actually pool pork, just not mixed with barbecue sauce. So, um, but anyway, with that being said, that was just horrible. Uh, their chicken was just overcooked and dry. Um, it was very interesting because they said they, they, they cook their, their chicken. There was a sign there that said they cooked their chicken to 180 degrees. 180 degrees is way too, way, 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 way too, too hot for a chicken. Um, you should maybe cook it to, uh, I would say, you know, 160, 160 over there and then maybe at one, Take it off of take it off of the grill and let it cook itself to 165. And you always have to be be buttering that be buttering the skin out there before, or else it'll turn to leather. Um, but again, their their skin was just black too. It was blacking. Ugh. Um, it it tastes like gas. So again, that's from that's from the dirty smoke. The rib, the rib wasn't even tender. So I had this small one little rib, and there wasn't much meat on it. Uh, and then this, the meat on top of there, I had to chew and chew and chew to get this off of there. It didn't even come close to tender. And um, I, I think they just put garlic salt on top of there. Uh, so again, these unfortunately, this company doesn't know how to cook. Cook whatsoever. And they advertise themselves as cooking. So, so later on, I, I, went, I had the opportunity to take a look at their, their equipment uh, a little closer. Uh, one of the girls back there, I mean, I was, just, I was just curious. And she was there. And I said, can I take a look at it? I go in there as like, a, like I don't know what I'm talking about. So again, they look like big. Just imagine, uh, let's see, three and a half foot high trash cans. Uh, but no, it's, it's not a very circular. It's not circular. It's an octagon. So there's very... Hard, hard angles to it, right? So it's an octagon. And then on top of there's like a lid, a very heavy metal lid. There's no vents. I couldn't see any vents on the bottoms or any, even chimneys on the top. So there was no way for this air to actually, or the air to circulate in there or to create a convection inside of there or to, or to direct airflow up and up and out of the, of, of the um, I guess, of the, of the smoker or the barbecue. We'll just call it smoker, right? So when she popped it open, she had a handful of chickens hanging. Uh, I think there was some. I think there's some pork shoulders hanging on there, and they were just completely black. And um, and then below it there was charcoal, uh, and then on top of that there was there was kiave wood, and um, the kiave wood what it looked like it was burnt burnt down to charcoal, so it didn't make any difference. 
And, uh, but it was right there. No water pan above there, just a direct, direct source of heat at the very bottom. And maybe the, I think the chicken and the, um, the, the beef, not the beef, but the, the pork, they were hanging on hooks and were only about, geez, maybe about a, a six inches, maybe a foot from, from the fire, which is not very far. So we're talking about you're cooking with direct heat, uh, with a very hot fire, on a, over, I guess, in, in a, in a quote-unquote smoker that's not allowing the smoke to breathe. And what, what this tells me is that this person who actually created this smoker has no idea how to actually, or, or doesn't understand I guess, the theory behind barbecue, the theory behind creating, creating I guess, uh, a clean smoke, you know, your convection, uh, getting good airflow inside of a smoker to actually uh, uh, smoke your meat and to make that make sure that fire breathes. Now, one thing, one thing you really want when you whenever you look at a smoker, you want to make sure number one is that your uh, your firebox is really big. So for for the fact that you want that fire to breathe, you want that fire to inhale a lot of oxygen. That's really, really important. And then on top of that, you want it to be circular because you want that firebox, you want the air to go in, in the, the heat to go into your, your cooker in a circular motion. You don't want a square firebox because uh, it, it slows down the airflow. So you want everything circular. Now, if you have a square firebox and inside is circular, then that's a really good thing because the air is then you know, funneling through there. Kind of like, it's kind of like when you throw a football, you want to throw a spiral, right? So you want your smoke to go in there in a spiral motion. And you just, and you want this um, heat to keep spiraling and spiraling and spiraling, you know, throughout and then up the chimney. Now, some people say, you know, some people are so picky, they, they really are very picky on where the chimney is placed. You know, for me, I'm not too picky. You just have to make do with it. I mean, I've, I've done really good barbecue with, you know, chimneys that are grill level and chim- I, my personal barbecue, my personal one, I, I have the, the chimneys above the grill, which I think is okay too, because it gets rid of all the, if I do have dirty smoke, you know, dirt smoke, dirty smoke rises to the top. Therefore, it vacates the dirty smoke faster and keeps the clean smoke on the bottom. That's my theory. So, um, but anyway, uh, yes, yeah, they really didn't do that at all. There's no water pan too. So you know, here's the thing: when you cook with um, now, when you cook with chicken, it's best not to maybe use a water pan. You don't use a water pan because that can make this the skin very leathery. But if you're if you're cook if you're cooking a pulled pork, you definitely want to use a water pan because you want that a lot of moisture into that meat. And and I don't know why they put the chicken and the pork in the same cooker because you have to cook it separately. It's two different styles. So again, they just didn't know what to do. They don't know how to do it. And unfortunately, I have to give it an F. Now, I'm not going to give them one star on Yelp. I'm not even going to rate them on Yelp. I just don't want to drag their business down. You know, I do believe that, you know, um, I guess people, you know, I guess I'm just not one of those things. Uh, I'm just not one of the one of those people where if the service is really bad or anything, I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Uh, I write them a really bad review unless I really feel I have to. Uh, in this case, you know, I could really rake them literally over the coals and say they really don't know how to barbecue. And uh, I think a lot of people would agree with me. Surprisingly, though, on Yelp, they have four stars. <laughs> so it's either I am very extreme, I'm extremely picky, 
Or, you know, a lot of people out there just don't know good barbecue. So I'm not sure what it is. But um, anyway, that is my review here for this, I guess, really horrible, horrible barbecue place. Um, if you ever want to know good barbecue in Hawaii, uh, let me know. Uh, you can email me at scriptwritersteve, no, steve at scriptwritersteve.com, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you. And if you ever want to know this, the name of this bad barbecue place, you can email me at steve at scriptwritersteve, and I will tell you again. I, I will tell you the good and the bad, uh, but I'm not going to up them. I'm not going to put them on blast, you know. I guess maybe it's because I'm going to be in a, a restauranteer later on, and I just don't, you know. And I also own a business myself, and I think, yeah, you know, I, I just want people to I, – I don't think it's fair from, for, from, I guess, from my point of view. or not. I think that's the wrong question. I think, I think I'm saying that wrong. It's not fair. I mean, if they do bad business, then a bad review is basically fair. I just maybe have a soft, soft place in my heart with them because I'm an entrepreneur and a future restaurateur. You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, that's about it for this part of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to cut to commercial, but when I get back, I want to talk about this whole Gina Carano crap that's going on here. And again, when I say crap, I mean... The crap that's against her because she stands for everything good in this country. I just watched the um, the interview of her with um, Ben Ben Shapiro, and it was really great. Um, I got to know Gina Carano from a different perspective because the only re- the only um, I guess version of of her that I get is from watching her on The Mandalorian. So. I'll get to that right after these messages, guys. Um, Hopefully, you'll join me on the other side of the commercial break. Hope to see you there. Bye. What is going on, everyone? This is your favorite complainer-in-chief, scriptwriter Steve, with a shameless plug for Dream Weddings Hawaii, a company that I just happen to own. Now, we specialize in romantic, intimate beach weddings, but plan weddings of all sizes and shapes. Gala weddings, eloping, surprise vow renewal, no problemo. So, if you are looking to tie the knot here in Hawaii, you better get in touch with me. Now, Dream Weddings Hawaii delivers quality that is extremely affordable, but don't just take my word for it. Visit our website at dreamweddingshawaii.com and find out for yourself. That's dreamweddings with an S, that's weddings with an S, hawaii.com. So, look at our awesome photos, check out our awesome, beautiful, touching ceremony videos, then take a look at our cheap prices, which I promise you won't faint at. Now, don't forget to read our five-star reviews. Now, by the way, we also take professional family photos. So, visit our site at dreamweddingshawaii.com or just buzz me at 808-479-0685. That's 808-479-0685. What's going on, everyone? I'm back from the commercial break. Found some pretty cool music. I think I played this one before, though. I kind of like it. I'll let this play a little while. I get in the groove, get my ideas all together, stewing in my brain. We're going to talk about Gina Carano. She's a real pretty woman, too, right? Pretty woman. Excellent. And her heart. Go. Her heart is just gold. I need to write some lyrics to this song. All right. 
All right, I know you want me to get talking to this. I'm going to turn this down now. Okay, enough of that. Enough of this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just out here doing some hand dancing with that music. Okay, so let's get into this Gino Carano thing. So if you didn't already take a look at that YouTube interview, I think it was on The Daily Caller uh, with ben, ben Shapiro uh, giving an interview with Gino Carano. Uh, it was really good. Um, you know, here's the thing. You know, what happened to Gino Carano, this whole cancel culture thing is just completely insane. And just to sum it up, I, I don't want to have any spoilers for you. I, I don't want to tell you any spoilers because, but you, again, watch it if you haven't. All right. But it sounds when I heard her voice, the inflection of her voice, it sounds as though she's ready to cry. You know, you know, when you see her on The Mandalorian, she plays this alpha female, very alpha, uh, very strong female, very, you know, you're in your face and just just very confident. And that's a character of her. But in this in this interview, it sounded as though she was on the verge of crying. And she even admitted during the during um I guess the interview that this hasn't been hard on her. I mean, this hasn't been very easy on her at all. Um, after it happened and she got let go, she did bundle up and cry. I mean, this was very, she took it very, very hard. And, but she could see the writing on the wall. She could read the tea leaves because the, Disney did not have her back. And this is the sad thing about Hollywood. Hollywood cares so much about money. They don't have any type of moral fortitude, any type of moral foundation to actually stand on. They don't. They actually have nothing at all to stand on. And here's the thing. Her, her co-star, uh, Pedro Pascal, who is the Mandalorian, um, he's very much a left-winger, right? Um, I've seen some of his tweets. He is a lefty, lefty, lefty. But he and Gina Carano, they get along well together. So you can... And, and I, I have some people who are on the left. And again, you know, people can di agree to disagree, you know, agree to have different opinions because at the end of the day, we're all humans, right? But <laughs> there is a certain part of our culture, not our culture, but a, a certain type of personality type which just love to destroy what they fear. And even more so, even to go into that even more, th this... There's so many people out there, especially on the left, that are misinterpreting, I guess, actions, motivations, uh, rhetoric, and flipping very innocent rhetoric into something that's offensive to them, and which is not meant to be offensive. And there was one instance where Regina Carano actually talked about she had written beep, bop, boop, or something like that inside of her bio because she thought, I'm just going to write beep, bop, boop, and everything. And that was interpreted as a, as a, uh, I guess, as a middle finger to the LGBTQ community. And it went so up to the higher ups that they got the LGBTQ representatives. She had to invite them over. She had to apologize to them. People on the staff at Star Wars over there were very mad at her and everything. You know, Disney was saying, uh, Disney, their publicist, they were saying, oh, we have to issue out a statement and you have to say sorry. And Gina Carano, she stands up for herself and says, well, why do I have to, sta why do I have to say sorry for? Because there's nothing to say sorry about. Nothing. Nothing absolute, nothing at all. So she actually gets in contact with someone from the LGBTQ community. And, um, and then she tells them, this is what I meant. This is what's everything doing. And then that person who started off very mad at her, listens to her and then says, well, 
yeah, I agree with you. But you know, our community, they're not looking for an explanation like that. That makes too much sense. I'm just paraphrasing here. And, and then they said, you know, what they're looking for is something more emotional from you, something like an apology or something like that. And she said she wasn't going to give it to them. Again, Gina, Gina Carano is very, she's very much, you know, uh, I guess uh, she's reasonable. She's not going to kowtow to, to like, you know, the left's, I guess, interpretation of hate. And again, it's all of an interpretation of hate. I see this happening all the time on Facebook. I mean, people would take what I say, twist it, and then turn like a really good, you know, a really good, you know, a really good sentence or, or something very positive to something negative. And I, I remember, it's almost like saying, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back, back, back step here, but it's almost like saying to a, to a woman, right, who misinterprets everything and say, hey, you look good today. And they interpret it as saying, are you telling me I don't look good every day? <laughs> and you have to back up and say, no, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. And, and again, I don't know many women who actually say that, but then I have been, you know, some women actually have said, when I say, hey, you look great today, right? And they'll say, oh, you know, they'll say that, oh, so I don't look good any, every day, right? But they're just joking with me. <laughs> but again, that's what I'm saying. When these people on the left, you, t- you just give them any reason to be, for them to be mad because they're out there looking for excuses to be triggered, I mean, everything gets triggered by them. And I think I told this story before. I mean, I had a friend before. We went to see Transformers, the movie. And we come out of this movie and he is, his face is red. He can hardly talk to us because he's so mad because I think some of the Decepticons in there uh, portrayed blacks with a, with a eubonics accent or something like that. And he said that was so racist. He couldn't believe that because apparently he's half black and he found that very, what do you call it? Like very offensive. You know, there was, I think there was a, a car in there that was also Asian who had a Japanese accent. And then none of our, our friends in, in there who are Japanese, my, oh, by the way, Keith, Pitmaster Keith is half Japanese. He wasn't offended. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my God. Oh my God. You know, and, and it's, and it's so weird. If you talk to some people, if you talk to the left, and you're not offended. Then they, then they get mad at you for not being offended. Because a lot of times, you know, as a as a Republican, they get mad at me for being an Asian Republican. Because as an Asian, apparently, I'm not supposed to be a Republican. I'm not supposed to be a Trump supporter because apparently Trump hates Asians, even though there's no proof of that. And um, and then on top of that, if when if I believe in conservative values, they say you know you're not being Asian enough. And I'm getting this from other Asians, right? A- Asian liberals. So what the hell are you talking about? I'm not Asian enough. You know, you're the one who's like, you know, so Americanized out there. <laughs> you're not, you know, it's like, oh my God, I just can't stand it. So, you know, Gina Carano, she goes on to this whole interview and, uh, and she basically just expresses her opinion very clearly and, and emotionally. And, and uh, I just can't, you know... I really feel for her. I just really, really feel for her, even though, though she's kind of spinning things in a positive light and saying that she's being strong for all of us. This was an opportunity for her. Like she was going to be the, the lead character in a Disney Plus movie for, for Star Wars. And John Favreau, he wrote a part for her. He was, she was going to be the, the main character. 
and Disney canceled her. Now, who was behind the, the canceling? What well, was Kathleen Kennedy? And here's the thing: she didn't. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Kennedy didn't even tell her. They didn't even have the class to call her and say, or write her a letter and say, "Hey, you know what? You're being let go." She found out through the media. She found out through the news, and she kind of had a feeling because hashtag fire Gina Carano or something like that was was really trending, and she was like number one or two, I guess, of, of all things being trending. And she could just feel it. It's sad. Now, you know, Gina Carano, she represents all of us, actually, especially all of us. You know, you can get canceled, especially if you're a Trump supporter or MAGA, or, you know, you're, you're wearing the MAGA hat or anything. You, you are under risk of getting canceled. If you have a business, if, you have, if you're a football player, Tom Brady almost, Tom Brady was, was in jeopardy of getting canceled. You know, there are people out there who are still mad at him for putting the MAGA hat inside of his locker. And there are people who are still mad at him for winning, uh, winning over Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, on, on um, I guess, uh, I guess a black, Afri- uh, I guess a black history month, right? February. <laughs> they're, they're pissed off at him for winning uh, over Patrick Mahomes, who's half black. He's, he's not full black. He's only half black, on black at, during black history month. So what was he? What was he supposed to do? Lose on purpose, because Patrick Mahomes is half black, or maybe give him half half the chance? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, there was a you know I had on a, on a personal note, I had a you know every you know I run a company, I run a wedding company, and uh, I had a customer who uh, who was just a bridezilla. I mean, she was just a flat out bitch. You know, flat. She had married her professor who was maybe 30 or 40 years older than her, uh, he looked as though he was ready to croak. And um, she was maybe in her 40s or like like late 40s. So you could imagine how old this professor was, right? And, uh, you know, she, she actually wanted a full refund for her wedding. 100% full refund for her wedding because the bouquet that she had ordered, um, we had to cancel because we had a... We, what happened was that she got married... The day after a fake nuclear threat came to Hawaii, uh, I'm not sure if any of you remember, but there was a time uh, where our state of Hawaii put out a fake nuclear threat, and everyone in Hawaii thought a nuclear missile from South you know, from North Korea was on the way, and people were, were running down the beaches in Waikiki, and and uh, you know people were just panicking left and right. I slept through it because I'm a late sleeper. <laughs> when I wake up. I go down to the florist and nobody's there. And they ask, I said, where's everyone? They say, Steve, you didn't know? We had a, like a, a we had a, actually a, a, a fake nuclear missile crisis and the whole island was in panic. I'm like, what? Really? So, so um, I go there and say, well, what about the bouquet? They say, Steve, we can't do a bouquet now. Like the, the, every store was closed. And, and I was there to pick up the bouquet for the, for, the wed- for the wedding in the morning, the next day. And by the way, this order for the bouquet it came in at the last minute, the, the, the night before. So I had told her we could try to make it. It wasn't a guarantee we could actually make it because um, it was just a last-minute order. Like Usually, bouquet orders have to come in at least a month beforehand so we can order the flowers in because most flowers are not native to Hawaii and we have to fly them in. But luckily, 
the the um, the florist had some leftover flowers from his home or from everywhere else, and he was going to try pick it. But again, because of the nuclear missile crisis thing, the fake nuclear missile crisis thing, everybody was at home panicking and everything like that, and things were just all out of whack. In fact, this bridezilla, she calls me up and asked me, she said she was in, a, in, in this uh, like wreck, she was like an emotional wreck, and she asked me if I knew any drug dealers <laughs> so, because she wanted to get some, some illegal drugs. And I told her, no, I don't use drugs. And she said, come on, Steve, you look like a person who uses drugs. I said, what? What are you talking about? I don't use drugs. Maybe I look like I use drugs, but I don't. Oh, so, so this, this bride, crazy, okay? So again, we show up to the wedding, and then everything looks as though it's going fine. Except right when she comes out of the, out of the limo, which she was late for. The limo was 30 minutes late to the wedding because she was 30 minutes late to get into the limo. And, uh, and then she came out and she was just barking orders to everyone, barking orders to her, 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 uh, her daughter, her daughter-in-law, not her daughter, like, uh, uh, I guess her, her stepdaughter, not her daughter-in-law, her, her stepdaughter. And, uh, the, that her stepdaughter kept saying, stop calling me your daughter. I'm not your daughter. And she kept saying, no, Steve, this is my stepdaughter here. And, and this, this, this girl, young girl says, I'm not, you're not my mom. You're not my stepmom. You know, get away from me. So that girl was like wanted nothing part of this this woman. So anyway, we, we do the wedding. Every, everything everything's fine. It, it acts as though, I mean, I think we're going to hear nothing but positive reviews. So she gets into limo. Next thing I know, she wants a one hundred percent full refund. I said, no, you're not going to get a hundred percent full refund. And she said, no, because she didn't get the bouquet she wanted. I said, I already told you the reason why you're not getting, getting the bouquet. It came in late. The order was last minute, and plus we had the nuclear missile crisis. I'm sorry, but you know this. The, the forest was just really an emotional wreck. So he couldn't, you know, come, come down to work like that. And, uh, you know, that's just what happened. I'm sorry. So you're going to get a $90 refund for the bouquet. That's how much it cost. Now she goes, no, Steve, I want a 100% refund. A refund for the photos, the other lays, the, the minister, the limo, the wedding singer, everything, which would total up to like around two grand. I said, you're not getting that. You're getting 90 bucks. And I'll send you the check now. And she goes, well, when I get the check, I'm not going to cash it. I said, well, that's your, that's your thing. You know that, right? And, she, and then she kept saying, so she, she, so she finally gets the check. Then she calls me back up. I said, Steve, I got a check for 90 bucks. I didn't get a check for 2,000, blah, 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 like that, right? I said, what, what do you mean like that, right? So, so, so you're, you're not entitled to this at all. We provided services for everything else except for the bouquet. So you, and again, that was a really strange circumstance and that's not our fault. That's, that's the governor's fault. You know, I'm not going to take responsibility for a nuclear missile crisis. That didn't happen, right? So, and then she starts complaining about emotional distress. And then she tells me this. If you don't give me my $2,000 refund, I am going to cancel your business. I, I have so many fake internet accounts and all that. I would, I would like just give bad review after bad review after bad review on Yelp and Facebook and everywhere like that. You don't know who you're dealing with and all that. I will cancel you. She told me that. I said, holy crap. Well, here's a good thing about it. So anyway, for me, again, I'm like, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of stubborn like Gina Carano. I'm kind of strong like her. So I said, you know, if you're going to do that, then fine. If you do that, fine. Do what you want to do. So what happens is that I end up like uh, I end up writing a review of her before she could re- write a review of me. So I write a review of her, long paragraph using 
eloquent sentences and just explaining everything to the T what happened, you know, everything from the nuclear missile crisis to the way she treated us, how we delivered everything. I even showed the photos and everything. I did that, all that, right? Explained everything to her, explained everything to the world, posted it on my Facebook, not my Facebook page, on my actual wedding company page. By the way, it's still up there. Uh, I, I did password protect it because <laughs> I'll, I'll get into that later. Uh, but anyway, um, it was up there. And then she took a look at that and she had a breakdown. And then her husband calls up and says, I can't believe you wrote this bad review. It makes, her look, makes us look so bad and everything. You know, please take this down and everything. I said, I will take this down if your wife agrees not to write all this, all these lies about us. And he says, I don't know what she's going to do, but she can do whatever she wants. So if, she could, if she's going to do whatever she wants, then I can do whatever she wants. Now get this. I'm talking to her husband, right? And he is a professor of economics. So he tells me this. And this one, this is, I couldn't, I couldn't believe. Okay. I, I try to remember this conversation, I, I guess verbatim, but I'm, it's not going to be verbatim. Okay. I'm just trying to, this happened maybe about three years ago. So he's a professor of economics and she was her student. And uh, they were accusing me on top of that bouquet of actually char- overcharging, overcharging them for a lay. All right. Now she had a rose rope, tuberose lay, and I charge $40, $40 for that. I buy it for about $25 to $30, depending on what the market price is. Right. So, so, um, now what happened was that they wanted to preserve their lay. So I put that lay into a Walmart lay box that only said $3.99. And, uh, and they thought that this was a $3.99 lay that I charged 40 bucks for. Right. But then, so, so he said, Steve, you charge $3.99 and you, you paid $3.99 for this and then charged $40. I said, no, that was a Walmart, Walmart box. And I explained it to him. It's actually 25 and I charged 40. So there was a $15 markup. And then he tells me, Steve, that's still a $15 markup. You know, how much did the lay cost? I said, it's 25. Then why didn't you charge us 25? He says, I says, because I have to make a profit. And he goes, Steve, you have no idea how to run a business. I said, well, how, how do I not know how to run a business? I, I bought a product for $25 and I charge my customer $40 and I make the difference. That's profit. And he goes, Steve, you think that's how you make business? You think that's how you make money? I'm a professor of economics. I would tell you how to make money. And I say, okay, professor, how do you make money? And then he says, number one, you go to college. That's it. That was his answer. So I I said, is there more to that? He goes, Steve, you need to go back to college. And then you can learn all about making a profit. Really? I asked him, can you please expand what I'll learn in college? And he goes, Steve, you'll learn a lot of economics theories and everything, but this is not how you do it. You don't upcharge the customer for, for something that is retails $25. <laughs> I don't care. You know, I can charge anything. It's called making a profit. You know, again, I, when I buy lays from, from my lay stand guys, I have them charge me retail because I want them to make as much money as possible. I don't want to want them to charge me wholesale because then they'll make less money. And then again, we have, the, uh, there is a cost for myself. The, I don't charge a coordination fee. So I built the coordination fee into everything. So this markup just doesn't cover the cost of the lay. It, costs, it covers the cost of my coordination. I kind of explained that to him. He still said, go to college, Steve. And then he hung up the phone on me. That's it. So then after this, I post this article 
to my Facebook page, right? And my, my Instagram page. And now I have a lot of followers, a lot of like former customers. And I said, hey, you know what? This, this woman, this bridezilla is going to flood my Yelp and my Facebook page with bad reviews. And they're all going to be fake. 100% of are going to be fake. Can you help me out? And all of my brides, all, so, many of my, so many of my past brides, and so, they, they flooded Yelp and Facebook with positive reviews. I got tons of reviews all of a sudden. And, and, uh, and she got so mad because she, she did end up pro- following through with which what she threatened of writing one-star reviews by all, with all these fake accounts, all these catfish accounts. Crazy. She had tons of catfish accounts, like maybe about five or six of them. And she just flooded every single review out there. And in fact, you can find it. And she wrote these really nasty things about like, you know, me being a rude person or something like that or threatening threatening people to kill them or something. It was like, so weird. It was so weird that Facebook actually took some of them down. So so what happened was that, you know, she wrote this and then she wrote wrote that, oh, in one, one review that uh, he has all of his goons and all of his Republican friends, you know, out there just looking out for his back. You know, they're, they're all bullies and they're, 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 just, they're just trying to take down this one bride. <laughs> so, again... So she tried to cancel me. She tried to cancel me through bad reviews. <laughs> How do you like that? Now, aside from that, I before when this whole gay marriage thing was like, you know, catching some steam and my company, we've we've actually married gay people before it was it was legally married. I mean, legally possible to get married in in the United States. We were we were uh, marrying people just performing the ceremony and then, and then, um, you know, just so they could say they're married uh, without any legality, uh, I guess, no papers to sign. We were doing this way before, um, it, way before Hawaii ever uh, determined it was actually legal. I, Hawaii was the first state, by the way, to to recognize same-sex weddings. Just to let you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, we would get calls from lawyers trying to trip us up to see if we would actually uh, accept a gay wedding. And, uh, and they even admitted, they said, if, Steve, if you didn't say you'd accept it, we would have, we would have started suing you. You know, we would, we would try to put you out of business, but you, you answered us all correctly. I mean, they flat out and told me that. So, again, you have lawyers out there who are just hunting to, to cancel you if you slip up. Now, it, this is the type of world we, we're living in. You, need, you have lawyers trying to cancel you. You have customers trying to cancel you. You have... Um, you know, your bosses, if you're a boss, I have friends who are Trump supporters and they can't even like my post because they're scared that if they end up liking my post, someone else will see it from work and they'll end up getting, can- you know, they'll end up getting canceled. I have some friends. I, I have a friend um, who, who actually attended the January 6th Trump rally. She didn't go into the Capitol, um, but then, you know, <laughs> someone on her Facebook page who doesn't even know her personally, threatened to actually, you know, no, didn't threaten. He actually went to her boss to try to get her canceled. He doesn't even know her. He doesn't even know her at all. He didn't even, you know, you know, talk to her ever in person. And he tried to get her canceled, tried to get her fired. And he wrote this eloquent letter on to her boss you know, why she, why she should get fired, like why she was part of the problem, just because she actually attended the Trump rally. She didn't go into the Capitol building. She had nothing to do with that. But she was just there attending the Trump rally. 
What do you think about that? It's real, man. It's real. Cancel culture is so real. So anyway, getting back to this Gina Carano thing. Um, you, you know what's really, what I didn't like about this interview was that Ben Shapiro, well, first of all, Ben Shapiro, I like Ben Shapiro. I like his opinion. You know, sometimes, you know, I, 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 like, listen, listen, I like listening to his podcast, but his voice is a little whiny. To, so like I can only take him in maybe about 10 to 15 minute spurts. Uh, this time I listened to the whole entire thing. But what was, what was really weird was that during the conversation, during his interview, he would just look off camera and then just then start reading a commercial. And he would try to blend it straight into the commercial there, I mean, into the interview. To me, that's just strange. He should just say, we'll be right back after these, uh, uh, we'll be right back after these messages. But he would just say, you know, he'll be talking one thing and then he'll say, but that bring, that really brings me up to this other thing. And by the way, if you need insurance and blah, 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 blah. And back, back to the interview here now. Weird. <laughs> just cut the commercial. <laughs> just, oh my God. That was just weird. That's just weird. Anyway, I, I, I think he's just used to doing a radio talk show and, um, and, and not a real talk show. But, uh, uh, you know, props to ben Shapiro, ben Shapiro, though, and his business partner over at The Daily Caller for giving Gina Carano a movie deal. I think she got two movie deals, and I'd love to see what kind of movies they're going to produce. I, I hope they produce something really, really good. Uh, it makes me want to just um, subscribe to, to Daily Caller just to support her. And I think that was part of, you know, part, part of why... They, uh, they, they actually signed her to get more subscribers, but uh, maybe I'll subscribe to her and then maybe cancel my Disney Plus. But um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to go down that route yet of canceling, canceling Disney Plus just yet. Uh, I'm still enjoying watching WandaVision, that's why. And I'm still really into looking forward to the MCU universe. Uh, but we'll see. We'll really see. Uh, the way they cheated Gina, the way they treated Gina, and then cheated Gina. Oh, it, I'm conflicted. I'm really, really conflicted on what to do. All right, guys, that's it for this podcast for today. Hope you enjoyed it. I will see you, I guess, tomorrow. And hopefully I'll, uh, I guess, maybe eat some better food and I can review that online <laughs> or on the podcast, not online. All right, guys, I will talk to you later. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Hey, I hope you like my podcast. If you do, don't forget you can subscribe to me on any of the podcast platforms out there. Just look for Barbecue 2 Movies.